What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. My name's Tom Westerholm. I'm joined by Nicole Yang, and Chris Granham, and guys, uh, it's been a minute. Tom, USA basketball is crumbling. We're not okay. Things are not well. <laughs> we are no longer the greatest basketball nation in the world. So why do you guys think that Team USA is garbage? Because Patty Mills is really good. That's why. <laughs> Australia looked very, very in sync, like they had been playing together for quite a long time. Team USA just looks so choppy. But they did it against Nigeria, too. Their offense just has zero flow to it. If you watch when they, they move the ball along the perimeter, there's just negative off-ball movement. It's really, really brutal to watch. And granted, that's what exhibition games are for, but it has been an ugly watch over the first two games. One of the things that's really stood out to me is that cohesion really matters in basketball. And I know sometimes it's tempting to be like, cohesion doesn't matter. Like, you know, like the Brooklyn Nets can just play eight games with their best players together. And then James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant can figure it out. Like, I'm sure we've said that at some point or another, you know, on this podcast, I'm sure. But like, cohesion does matter in basketball. Team USA doesn't have it at all. Like, these guys don't really make any sense together just from like a schematic standpoint because they're all, well, a lot of them are like 1A guys like Damian Lillard is a 1A guy Kevin Durant is a 1A guy Jason Tatum you know on down the line you know you look at the rest of these teams and not only are they coherent they've been playing together for a long time in a way that Team USA just hasn't Patty Mills and Aaron Baines have played a lot of basketball together. Joe Ingles, like these guys are really familiar with each other. And I just think like that matters quite a bit in basketball. Anybody who's played organized basketball can tell you that if, you know, if, if you're familiar with your teammates, it just flows a little better. It feels a little better. And, you know, for all of Team USA's talent, they just don't have that continuity at this point. Yeah, I mean, you could see it specifically in the Australia game, like you just touched on, like outside of Josh Green and Matisse Thybul are probably the new guys on Australia. But other than that, I mean, those guys have played together in quite a few international matchups. So yeah, they it's just the cohesion is very, very obvious. And I think it's going to take a little bit. Like, I don't necessarily think Team USA's problems are just going to dissolve today against Argentina. We're recording this on Tuesday. I think it's I think it is going to take some time and it could trickle into the actual Olympic matchups too. Maybe they should have practiced on Sunday when they can't canceled practice or whatever day that was. Nicole just going at Popovich for his practice schedule. (laughs) What are you doing? How many practices have they had though? That's another thing. Like I feel like once they like play these exhibition games and they really get into like training camp and things like that, maybe it'll improve. Like I guess they did have that training camp in Vegas, but still. It was kind of a short week though of practices in in Vegas. Like it wasn't like they were there for two weeks or anything like that. It was a pretty short stint. So I I agree. They still haven't had a ton of practice time together. Yesterday when I, I tweeted something about the game and like somebody responded to me like oh yeah well like like no team with Kevin Durant Damian Lillard and you know who Jason Tatum etc etc Beal no team should be losing no matter what the circumstances no matter the cohesion and I I get that argument Team USA is really good like they shouldn't need like a ton of like practice time you know they they have all these NBA superstars but like they are losing you know what I mean like they they are losing they don't look good they do look like they need that practice time like I don't know I I mean I have I have my take on it but why do you guys think that is like why do you think that just having because they are I mean the superstar talent is so much higher than any other team like Australia's best player is Patty Mills Nigeria's best player was Precious Achua these are all NBA superstars why do you guys think it is that like practice isn't enough now I mean both Bill Belichick and Brad Stevens talk a lot about playing within your role like within a system and I feel like on teams where there's a very clear defined superstar 1A 1B and even like the second option it's easy for the role players to know like exactly what they're supposed to do or exactly what their job is and their on the court and when you have a team full of 1a superstars it might be difficult for players when they're not in that role to figure out 
okay, where should I be? What should I be doing? And to sort of settle into a role that's different from what they're used to. So I think part of it might be that and sort of figuring out the hierarchy of themselves. Like, obviously, they're all really, really good, but you have to be able to like execute plays. And maybe that will come with time once people sort of fall into their roles. The struggle to kind of fill those roles, I think, has always been there. But in international competition with USA Basketball, but Tom, you tweeted about it last night. The talent gap closing makes that significantly more important because back in, I don't know, 10 years ago or whatever, obviously USA Basketball hasn't had a flawless, they haven't won the gold every single year. They haven't had a flawless track record. But I think in past years, it's been easier to be able to just win on talent alone. They can't really do that as much anymore. The talent gap around other countries has, it's closed. And there's a real a lot of really, really good players and really good teams. So I, I think that has an impact too that just, I don't know, it makes it more important that USA is struggling to fill those roles. When people talk about the talent gap not being as wide now, I think the important thing to remember is that we're not necessarily talking about like the gap between superstars and role players, right? Like I'm not talking about like Patty Mills is not Damian Lillard. Yes, Patty Mills is not Damian Lillard. But like, I'm also talking about like, yeah, the guys around them, like the Nigerian players who are not NBA players, but who are on the team. And you know what? Those guys can all shoot the hell out of the ball. So like if they can all shoot threes and Nigeria builds a good game plan and they can hang with NBA players, they're going to have a a chance because they might get super hot from three. They might, you know, make 50% and and shoot mostly behind the arc. And if you do that, you have a real chance to win a basketball game, especially against a team that doesn't have any cohesion. That's more what I'm talking about when I say the talent gap is less. It's not that Patty Mills is almost as good as Damian Lillard or, you know, Aaron Baines is almost as good as Bam Adebayo. It's more that the seventh player on the Nigerian roster is a lot closer to you know like the back end of the American roster or or just is a a more talented basketball player than he used to be I I think the talent gap is a real thing and Nicole I think to your point about the roles like you know you talk about like 10 years ago whatever like the 2008 Olympics everybody talks about how yes that team had a ton of talent and that team ended up kind of creating the the heatles but that team also had Kobe Bryant who just at the end was like no I'll do it from here like he took over and the team needed that they needed to have defined roles so Kobe defined his own role and was like okay I'll be the closer he was the closer and Team USA won gold but that was really close even with LeBron James Dwayne Wade Chris Bosh Kobe Bryant like all the guys who were on that team you know they needed to define roles to win so I don't know it'll be really interesting like if this team ends up doing that like are they going to define roles is Kevin Durant going to be like the kingpin on this team or are they just going to kind of all take turns the way they've been doing and uh, maybe win bronze if they're lucky I don't know it'll be interesting to watch yeah because these other teams have defined roles like you watch Australia there are very clearly defined roles and then you look at kind of the iso based offense that was happening on the other end of the court and it's not there's nothing defined there at all and it's hard because i don't know i feel like it's it's much uh i don't want to say much easier for australia and nigeria and these teams to kind of fill those roles but the adjustments because of how talented team usa is the adjustments are really really heavy like there's some major adjustments that these guys need to make a lot of which they haven't made at any point in their career so it's it's a fascinating case study honestly on how to try and form a this super super roster and I don't know it, it will be interesting to see how they kind of fill those roles out over the next couple of weeks here and like typically with a 1a star that means that they're very good at offense but their defense can be lacking and so you look at team USA and you have Damian Lillard Bradley Beal Zach Levine all those guys can score none of them are like particularly locked down defenders well Nicole Bradley Beal told the coaches that he wants to be a lockdown guy <laughs> at team USA so keep that in mind all right well we'll see correct 
But so Bradley Beal, best player on the Washington Wizards, who earlier this season could not guard a parked car, according to him. <laughs> so. But so I think that like if they can't even play defense with the Celtics, we always talked about how much their offense is tied to their defense. So if like the other team just keeps scoring buckets, like in the Nigeria game, Nigeria just would always score when they needed to. And then it would put the pressure on Team USA and then they would do ISO ball and it wouldn't work. So I think that's the other thing, too, is they don't have like Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, like guys who are considered to be those two way one A stars like Jason Tatum, who has been getting called out on Twitter for his off-ball defense. So it's tough. Like, I I guess it is surprising. Like, you can't say that it's not surprising that Team USA lost to Nigeria. But when you look at it, you can come up with reasons why. And I I guess one other thing I was going to know, this isn't an excuse, but it is true. Like, the rules are different. And maybe that takes a little bit getting used to for a team full of NBA players that just played an NBA season. Obviously, NBA players representing other countries also have to experience the rule changes and things like that. But... To touch on Tatum, it would be interesting to see like what he would do with a role like what like it would be interesting if he just like took over if he was just like all right like you know we're not losing like get on my back and I kind of wonder sometimes like I, I don't necessarily think that should be his job on this team he is I, I know like you know the only nineteen jokes whatever whatever Kevin Durant has been in the NBA a long time like Kevin Durant should assert I feel like like should become this team's like number one number one A option Damian Lillard should be that guy if these guys are you know like like the, these these are the older players these are the guys who, who have been around a long time I don't know what, what do you guys want to see from Tatum I mean I guess on obviously it would be nice to see him not get backdoor cut at, like uh, at a crucial moment in a game that the United States is genuinely trying to win but I mean what do you guys think Tatum's ideal role would be it's so hard to define because there are so many players that are right at his level on this team in terms of offense. So I don't really know. I mean, I think a lot of it starts with where does KD's role? Because I do think he is, he's the top of the roster in terms of offensive talent here. And it depends. Is he going to take that 1A role with this group? And then they're all kind of going to fall in line because if that's the case, then, you know, Tatum and Beal are right there as those secondary contributors. But I think a lot of times when you see a loaded roster like this, you see a lot of that passiveness where guys don't want to be selfish and they're trying to be the team guy and it creates a bad trickle-down effect because then no one's asserting themselves as that 1A guy. So I think the ideal scenario, like you just said, is KD takes that top role and then Tatum is one of the one of the B or C guys right there. But I really have no idea how this is going to pan out. Well, yeah, exactly. Because Tatum's ideal role is really hard to define. And that's like the whole problem here, right? Like that's exactly what we're talking about with like the problem with Team USA. It's impossible. Yeah, you got all this talent, but that makes it impossible for everyone to define their roles. Like, okay, do you want Tatum spotting up in the corner? Like, do you want him to just be a corner three-point shooter? Like, he's good at it. He was really good in his spot-up three-point role, you know, his, his rookie year with the Celtics. But I don't know. That's kind of a tough ask. Tatum's in a tough spot. Honestly, like my honest prediction is that they don't really figure it out and that Team USA just kind of goes out with a whimper. I mean, they are missing three players still because they're all in the finals. Uh, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Devin Booker. However, that could then complicate the chemistry and the cohesion that they are trying to work to build. So I can see your point, but... I don't know. I'm not ready to like, I, I thought that was a bold declaration on your part, Tom, which fair, but I, I don't know if I'm at that point yet after two exhibition games. That's entirely fair. It's way too early to be saying that, but whatever. What this is all boiling down to, I think, is they have the USA select team at their disposal, right? Start Sadiq Bay. <laughs> it's a very simple equation to get the gold medal locked up. Start Sadiq Bay. That is my take and I'll stick to it. 
I respect it. I don't respect you and Sadiq Bey. I don't know why I'm so salty about Sadiq Bey. I was high on him too. Because um, I had an obsession and it got annoying at some point. <laughs> One other thing we should touch on is Jason Tatum did an interview with Gary Washburn uh, of the Globe and looks like a pretty lengthy one-on-one. He, he covered some ground that he's you know covered before, talked about how he certainly approved of Ime Udoka. Tatum said, you know, they asked for our input. And from my perspective, I gave input, but never you need to do this. You need to do that. That's what they get paid to do. Some good stuff in there. People should definitely check out the interview. I thought one of the most interesting parts, Gary asked Tatum, you know, he said there's questions as to whether Tatum and Brown can play the same position and whether the two can not only reach the next level together, but help make each other better players. And Tatum's response to that was, that's the goal to make each other better. Both highly motivated and driven guys that want to be the best they can be. We just really want to win. We both really care about winning at our core. That's the start of it. We're going to try our best to figure it out. And then Tatum, you know, kind of went on a little bit and said his primary goal is to win the title, which obviously nothing too groundbreaking there. Kind of interesting quotes from Tatum, I feel like, in that there were questions about him and Jalen and, and like, you know, their relationship on and off the court earlier this summer. I know Jeff Goodman, uh, you know, talked about how, you know, they're not buddies. They're cool on the court, but, you know, they don't hang out off the court or anything like that. You guys have any thoughts on on those quotes from Tatum? They're talking about something that's important, which is whether he and Jalen can play well together. Like, clearly, they are two very talented young players. Any team, I'm sure, would love to have, like, versatile wings as their core. And you think that that's very easy to build around. But if they can't make each other better, if their styles don't really gel, then the Celtics are going to have to make a decision. So I think, like, the topic is an interesting one. He's saying all the right things. We'll see. Like, it, it really doesn't matter what he says until like we see it on the court as juicy as the headlines would be we're not going to get Tatum saying you know Jalen and I you know we like being teammates we're cool but we don't chill off the court that might be true but he's never he's never going to actually say that Nicole like you said he's saying the right things outside of that portion of it I thought it was pretty honest he's like we both really want to win and we care about winning and that's where we're kind of going from and we're just going to try our best to figure it out I think that's a relatively honest approach here you know other than saying yeah we don't hang out off the court because he's right winning solves everything that's true for every team like no matter how much chemistry can be an issue or how much people don't like like if you win everything will end up being fine it's when they lose like last season that all these questions will keep coming up I think one of the things that I I think people might wonder with that quote, because it was my initial thought on it when I saw it, I I think some people might wonder why Tatum didn't maybe go a little bit further. You know what I mean? Like he didn't say like, you know, I believe in this pairing of me and Jalen Brown, or like, I believe that we can win a title. I would understand if people wondered that. It does feel like that part is missing, especially given how open Tatum has been about certain other relationships, such as Bradley Beal. It's slightly noteworthy that he didn't, you know, that he didn't like give like a full throated like I'm you know I, I believe in like this pairing I think that we can win a title together and Tatum isn't always like the most like enthusiastic when it comes to like media appearances like you know it seems like he's been relatively open and honest about Beal but like he isn't he's not somebody who goes out of his way to say things necessarily like he, he certainly he said the right things and I think he meant everything he said you know I, I think like I certainly think that he thinks that Jalen wants to win and that the two of them are trying to figure it out together and I, I think you know I think he does respect Jalen Brown quite a bit but it did feel somewhat notable that it wasn't a little bit more, you know, I'm, and I'm not trying to like start anything, you know what I mean? But it just, it, it did feel notable that he didn't like come fully out and be like Jalen Brown and, and I are, you know, gonna like, we, we feel like we can win a title together or whatever. No, totally. And it's like hard to compare the two as well, because 
like the two situations, Team USA and the Celtics, because he's been teammates with Jalen Brown. He's been asked about him a lot. There definitely is like a newness with Team USA and like getting to play with Bradley Beal, getting to play with Damian Lillard. So of course he's probably going to sound a little bit more excited about that opportunity. And then you see this interview about more Celtics related things and he's being very measured in his remarks. Like, yeah, which I think is the case with Tatum with a lot of things. He's super, super measured in how he approaches the media. And that's just the way it's always been. He's been trained to do that kind of thing since he was young. So he's not going to go off on his own limb if someone didn't ask him something directly. And I, I think it's just, this is kind of what we're used to getting from Tatum. I, I think, I think it was pretty straightforward with how he approaches media, especially things relating to Jalen. It's not to start anything. It just feels notable. Like it's right. like, it's like, right. huh, that's interesting. I don't think that Jason Tatum is in Brad Stevens' ear being exactly. like, Jalen Brown or I'm leaving. Like, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that he dislikes Jalen Brown. It just, it feels notable. Yeah, it feels notable when he phrases certain things. This doesn't necessarily mean X, Y, and Z, but if X, Y, and Z were to happen, I could see why. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. If Brad Stevens decides, like, I'm not ready to give up on my two star 24-year-old wings playing together, it'd be like, yeah, I could see that. I could see why you would want to keep those two guys together and, and give it another shot. And if things go a different way, I could kind of also see that. I do wonder if Team USA does flame out, whether that might affect potential partnerships in the future. I've wondered that too. Yeah. yeah. If they win a gold medal, I feel like it's way more likely that we could get a super team or a pairing. Yeah, that 2008 team won a pretty dramatic gold medal. I do think it's worth wondering, you know, if this leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth, if Tatum, you know, and, and everybody else are going to be like, eh, I don't know, maybe we can do our own thing. You have to wonder that. That that would be totally natural. If they dramatically fail in Tokyo, it would be much tougher to be like, yeah, we got to team up. Well, <laughs> let this FIBA team. really worked out. <laughs> <laughs> got to do it again. Let's do it again. Run it back. That FIBA team was mostly Celtics. And uh, that Celtics team did not do well. It did not do well. That's very, very true. Wow. I had not Uh, thought about that. (laughs) The entire Celtics core failed on the international stage. And then things didn't turn out the way they wanted on the NBA stage either. Another thing I thought was funny was watching, this is just a random Team USA thought, watching some of these players deal with FIBA referees as opposed to NBA refs was pretty hilarious. They're just like throwing their bodies up. Like you can hear them yelling on the court, like, hey, they just get no calls whatsoever. That was pretty funny to watch. Is the ball different or no? It is. I've played with those balls before. I love them. I like Um, them too. But one of the things about them is that like they feel a lot softer than the NBA balls do. When you first pick up an NBA ball, it almost feels like a almost feels like a playground ball at first kind of glance. It's and then hard to play, grip. It's hard to grip. And then when you mm-hmm. play with it a little bit, you start to be like, oh, okay, I, I see the vision. Like, this is really nice. But it's a very different basketball. It, it doesn't feel insignificant to me, certainly. But No, I was going to say the uh, Wilson Evolution is kind of similar to the FIBA ball in that it's much yeah. easier to grip than an NBA yeah. ball. It's, it's got that softer grip, which is why probably people like you and I, who are professional basketball players, like, I'll stick with this one. This one's a little <laughs> better. A lightly pumped people bobby like yeah check this out guys i can palm this <laughs> before we go grenham can you lead us into our uh, shades on draft here 
I can't. So Genotime Stout is finally available. So it will be available if it's not already in your Massachusetts liquor stores. So check out your local liquor stores and keep an eye out for the Genotime Stout. Of course, you can still go to West Kingston, Rhode Island, to the Shades on Beer Company tasting room. Check out all of Shades on Beer Company's products, but Genotime, of course, which has a direct correlation to this wonderful podcast, is now available. So keep an eye out for the Genotime Stout. We'll have specific names of places in like the greater Boston area where you can pick up Genotime in the future. But for now, I don't know, just check the liquor store that you go to and see if they have it. And if you do try it, please let us know. Share a picture. Yes. I will retweet any picture that is sent to me. What we're going to do for our draft is we are going to try to pick a Team USA roster, which I think is going to be harder than, than, than you might think, given like roles and everything else. So we're just going to be picking one roster. Nicole, uh, you got an order for us. I wonder what that order could be. Okay, one moment, please. Well, I wonder which one of us is going second, Grenham. Yes, yes. Nicole goes back into her notes section, previously <laughs> typed out. Oh, look. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you know? <laughs> Just keep pick. the bit going. Don't even do it anymore. Just keep the bit going. But Grenham did get the second pick this right. time. Wonderful. Then Wonderful. Tom. But this is a collective effort, right? Right. Correct. Yes. So, I mean, I guess with my first pick, alluding to what Tom was saying about how LeBron could really make a difference, I think you have to take LeBron James, given his Team USA experience. I mean, given who he is. I think you have to take a healthy LeBron James. I think the thing about LeBron too, is that like, it's not even saying necessarily that he'd be like the best player. Maybe he would like, but like KD could easily be a better basketball player than LeBron James right now. It's just that like, one, we know LeBron would just like take over when necessary. And two, he's so easy to build around. It's just very easy to build around LeBron James. So that's a good pick. Yeah. And he's had success in the USA basketball setting before. So I think that's a good pick. Second one's kind of tough. I'm going to stick with the Lakers here. I'm going to take Anthony Davis, grab a big who LeBron knows how to play with. He checks a lot of the boxes that this team could look for in a big. He's versatile on both ends. Yeah, I think Davis is an interesting one because there's so many bruisers on the international level. Like, True. That's why, you know, you look at like a Bam Adebayo and it's like, oh yeah, like I think he's perfect for the NBA game, but it's like, he's also not that big. Like I, I, I do kind of feel like at some point it might be worth trying to find like the biggest guy available, yeah. but I'm not going to do that. I, I'm going to actually take a guy who's not on the team, which is Chris Paul. Perfect, like fill in the gaps guy. You know, you're getting some offense, you know, you're getting some like mid range, which is like something useful, certainly. And I just, to me, he's a guy who, who it will happily defer. Um, but like, if, if you need him to, he will just go get you a bucket. And like, this team needs somebody like that. They can't, you know, they can't have like five possessions in a row down the stretch where they don't score. You're going to, you're going to lose games like that. So I, I think Chris Paul would really help. And he just has such a good sense of the game. Like you said, he's not a one a option, but right. when his team needs a bucket, he can go get one and he can do it in a variety of ways. I think that's a great pick. Uh, well, all right. With my fourth pick, I am going to take Tatum. I think that he, at this stage in his career, could probably be told, like, hey, go stand in the corner. He's very good at that. And I think if anybody was going to have the cachet to tell Tatum to go stand in the corner, it's LeBron James. Like, whatever LeBron decides for this team, like, you know, I I think think Tatum would be a a good addition. Plus, you get the defensive versatility. You got just, like, a a big wing, a big forward who can do a bunch of stuff. Like, I think he'd be really good for this team, too. I'll go with Tatum here. I'm going to go a little bit outside the box with my second pick. Tom, you touched on the physicality of the international setting. 
I think around a lot of these top scorers, they could benefit from a guy like Jimmy Butler in there. Uh, so I'm going to take Jimmy Butler just because I think he fits this roster as it stands right now pretty nicely. He'd be a nice wing to have off the bench who's just really physical and plays hard on both ends. And yeah, he might not have the outside shooting as a lot of these other guys, but I think he's a valuable asset to this roster. I'm going to take Paul George, another two-way guy. He can shoot, but he can also defend. And I think he's a pretty easy guy to play with, build around. So I think I think this past playoffs showed that like you can make him your number one guy, but like he's been like the number two guy for a while. You know, I, I think that's I think that's a perfectly good pick for both ends of the floor. I think I'm going to take Devin Booker. Yeah, I mean, maybe I should have taken Bradley Beal just so him and Tatum can collude and team up, but I'll go with Booker. I'm kind of going to do the same thing. I'm going to go with a pure bucket. And also just to get another point guard on this roster, I think you have to have Steph Curry. Steph Curry is a bucket and shoot the lights out and he'll be our second point guard. So I'm kind of conflicted on this pick because I still think the Americans need somebody strong and like, you know, physical to deal with opposing bigs. And I don't know that there is one. Bam obviously is is a really good NBA center and, you know, he's really strong. So I, I guess he's probably going to be my pick. I mean, obviously there's a reason why, you know, Draymond is on this team too. Like, But like both of those guys are like, you know, more small ball centers and like the international game, there are a lot of like big dudes out there. Even if you look through the NBA centers, the, the best ones, most of them aren't American. Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and then on down the line, like, you know, DeAndre Ayton would not play for Team USA, like Carl Anthony Towns. Like, it's kind of tough there, but I guess I'm going to take Bam because I, I do think they need a center. I don't know. That, that's, a, that's a tougher one. And then my other pick, I'll take Chris Middleton for more shooting, more two-way play. And I cover the Celtics, so I've watched Chris Middleton at his best, and I'm still convinced he's the best player in the NBA. No one's picked James Harden yet, have we? Nope. He's pretty good. I'm going to take James Harden. He fit pretty nicely with KD and Kyrie in a situation with some top-level players this year. Granted, much different environment in Brooklyn than it would be at the international level, but I'm going to take James Harden. He's just a phenomenal, phenomenal basketball player. The fact that he's willing to be, you know, like a, a setup guy, the fact that he's willing to be a scorer, like, yeah, I think you're right. And he's, you know, big, strong dude. He could score 35 and then have 15 assists in their next game and yeah. score 12 points, so. All right, with the last pick, the 12th man, I'm going to take Kevin Durant. I'm pretty sure he's also still available. Oh, geez. (laughs) Don't think that one needs much of an explanation, but... um, Kevin Durant falling to last in the draft. I don't think we'd make good Team USA, Team Arrangers. For our second Geno Time draft, we're going to do our select team. So (laughs) (laughs) So Granham is just going to say the name Sadiq Bey a whole bunch of times. (laughs) Sadiq Bay and Tyrese Halliburton a million times. It'll be great. Uh, no, but for, okay, so for our team, we have uh, two point guards with Chris Paul, Steph Curry. We have James Harden, who could also be a point guard, uh, Chris Middleton, Booker, and Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Paul George, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo. So realistically, we didn't really do anything different. We just drafted like 12 really good players. Pretty good squad. Uh, I think we should have gotten the job over Grant Hill, but that's just me. So Team USA. Hit us up. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, we appreciate everybody for listening. If you haven't already, uh, we'd appreciate any five-star reviews or ratings. And we will talk to you all again later this week.